Hello, and welcome to the Diversity Hygiene Academy podcast series. This is podcast number two called Modes of Pathogen Transmission. My name is Lorinda Becker, and I'm the host today. We have Carol Calabrese as our presenter on this podcast. As a part of the Diversity Hygiene Academy, you'll have some slides on the topic, a video recording, an audio recording, and a quick narrative on the content. There are so many different tools for you to use, so please feel free to sit back, listen, and learn. A podcast about cleaning? Diversity Hygiene Academy podcast series. So, Carol, welcome to our podcast. And I know this is a very passionate topic for you. Um, you know, talking about modes of pathogen transmission, and I've heard of words like the chain of transmission. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Good morning, Lorinda, and thanks for having me today. Certainly, um, the chain of infection um, has been used in healthcare for a long time, but it really applies to everyday life. There are actually six links that comprise the chain of infection, and which we're going to review during the course of today's podcast. These links include the infectious agent, which are the organisms such as bacteria, virus, fungi, and parasites. And pathogens grow and multiply in a place called the reservoir. And they need a portal of entry and a portal of exit, as well as a susceptible host, as well as a mode of transmission to get to that susceptible host. Uh, with each link, there are a few different ways in which that link can be broken, and we'll touch base on that as we move through this. Oh, awesome. There's a lot of different links. I didn't realize there were six. Um, when you talk about those infectious agents, what? tell me a little bit more. I mean, I know the types of bugs they are, but how do you, how do you really tell the difference between them? Well, we actually cover... Uh, these different pathogens in uh, another podcast as well. So that you can go to podcast number one for more information. But this table really uh, describes the different types of pathogens that we encounter on a day-to-day -day life and day-to-day -day life. So we encounter bacteria, viruses, fungi, and parasites. We're not going to get into protozoan and, and proteins, you're less likely to see issues related to protein. You're going to see some protozoan, um, but we're not going to cover that in very much detail today. Typically, in your normal uh, work, you're going to be encountering bacteria, viruses, and the fungi, and maybe some parasites as well. Again, this applies to everyday life. Wow. So, well, so, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say that each of these pathogens, like bacteria, have uh, unique characteristics. Um, there are things called, uh, or how to describe them. There are uh, virulence, infectivity, pathogenicity, uh, the size of inoculum, as well as um, duration of exposure. Okay. And, and as you think about, so, so you have the bug, that's that first link that you spoke about. Um, and, and then you said something about where they harbor or something like a reservoir. What, what is all that about? So 
You know, these pathogens all have to live and grow somewhere. And the reservoir can be people, it can be equipment, or it could be a body of water. And, you know, the human being acts as a reservoir for many of these pathogens. For example, E. coli, which is a bacteria, is in our gut. And, you know, our bodies, our skin, have Staph aureus all over them, and we're constantly shedding skin cells into the environment as well. Uh, rusty equipment, for example, can be a source of or reservoir for other pathogens, say, example, tetanus. Um, also, a body of water can harbor Legionella. It's a great breeding ground for mosquitoes or cryptosporidium um, and other uh, types of pathogens. I mentioned protozoan earlier, Giardia. So it's important that we are drinking clean water, that uh, when we are out with people, that we are doing things to minimize the risk of transmitting what we might be carrying to other people. Got it. So just a question, like if I work in an office environment or at a school, what would be a couple of, you know, reservoirs, so to speak, that come to your mind off the bat in one of those environments? Well, you know, believe it or not, even the school desk, if it's not cleaned and disinfected, can be a reservoir because those pathogens, especially bacteria, will grow and multiply you know, about every 20 minutes. And some bacteria can live on these surfaces for an extended period of time. So it's really important that cleaning and disinfection is performed. Okay, well, that's interesting. I never really thought about it that way. It kind of makes me not want to go swimming, that's for sure, so. That's um, one reason why I don't. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? So, so then you talked about portals, um, portals of entry, portals of exit, and I know um, that that can tend to be part of that chain as well. Can you can you give me a little highlight on portal of entry? Right. So the key ways these pathogens, be it bacteria, virus, etc., get into the host, generally the human being, is through one of the portals, either the respiratory tract, which is your nose. Um, your mouth is also part, uh, you know, some people breathe through their mouth, even though it's really part of your GI tract, your mucous membranes, and your skin. So if you think about the T-zone on your face, be it your eyes, your nose, and your mouth, uh, it's very important that if you are going to touch any part of that T-zone, that you perform good hand hygiene to break that link before you touch your, your face. For example, I wear contacts. And every once in a while, if my contacts bug me and I need to adjust the lens, I need to perform hand hygiene to break the chain of any pathogens that are on my hands before I touch my eyes. Or if I blow my nose, I need to make sure that I perform hand hygiene as well before I touch anything else. But that's getting into the portal of exit. Now, your mouth is a portal of entry because we can eat 
foods that are contaminated. We can drink water that's potentially contaminated. So it's very important that you know we wash foods, a certain foods, before we ingest them, or we wash. Um, you know, the water goes through a filtration process as it comes from your, your local water authority. And some people might have a water filtration system in their home. Hmm. So I've heard about something called a T-zone. Um, I know there was a virus or has been a virus around, and people say don't touch your T-zone. What does that mean? Again, um, the T-zone is your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. And this applies to, uh, for example, viruses like influenza. Um, So during influenza season, you want to always keep your hands away from your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. If you need to do that, you want to make sure that your hands are clean before you touch that T-zone. Okay. Super, thank you. And so, so you've kind of talked about, you know, a little bit about the bugs and where they reside and um, how they enter, but wh- how do they get transmitted? I mean, you've talked about, you know, if I put my finger in my eyes or something like that, but what are some other uh, means of transmission? So there's what's called direct um, and indirect contact that addresses the contact. So. Staph aureus, for example, or methicillin-resistant staph, you may have heard that term out in the community, that can be transmitted by both direct and indirect contact. So you might shake hands with somebody that has a staph infection, um, or maybe you're touching a surface. Uh, If you think about the fact that sometimes there's outbreaks amongst the students that maybe that are in a wrestling match and that the wrestling mat may actually be contaminated with methicillin resistant staff. So then as they're wrestling, uh, if they come in contact with that pathogen, because the surface, the mat may not have been disinfected they could then, you know, that pathogen gets onto their skin. And we'll talk about portal, uh, we've already talked about portal of entry, which could be broken skin. So that they might have minor abrasions during a a wrestling match. Um, Also ingestion. So you could uh, eat, food products that have salmonella, E. coli, listeria, or norovirus. Um, Again, you're coming in contact with that through uh, indirect contact. Uh, Formite is a contaminated surface. I like to think of them as countertops or school desks. And there's also airborne transmission. You know, if you had chicken pox years ago, that is an airborne transmitted disease. Tuberculosis is also an airborne transmitted disease. Uh, and then we also have vector-borne, which, for example, are mosquitoes and ticks. And mosquitoes can transmit malaria and Zika, and ticks can transmit Rocky Mountain spotted fever. 
Oh, wow. There's a lot of different ways to transmit. I don't think about that. Um, very, very helpful to understand. And, and so you, you talked about kind of the the means of transmission, and I know there's a portal of entry, and in that first chain there was an exit. What what are examples of the exit portals? Well, you know, the, the portals of entry and the portals of exit are very similar, but with the portals of exit, and one of my favorite cartoons is when a man is coming out of the bathroom and there's a, an alarm going off above the door and says, didn't wash hands. So maybe, and hey, women are just as bad as not performing hand hygiene as, as men. So I'm not trying to be sexist here. But when you use the restroom, especially if you are defecating or having a bowel movement, you need to make sure you wash your hands because stool is, or feces is an excretion. Um, secretions, um, we have respiratory secretions that when you sneeze or cough, uh, can come out of the body in the form of a droplet. That's why it's so important for us to use a Kleenex to cover our mouth, if possible, when sneezing or coughing, or we sneeze into our elbow to try to contain those secretions um, that come out of our respiratory tract and also helps to minimize the spread of those droplets because droplets will normally be carried about six feet. So if you're sneezing into your elbow, you're helping to contain those droplets. Oh, Carol. So you've talked about that portal of exit. That's pretty wild. Um, now I kind of want to shift toward those, the people side of it. So you've kind of talked about how it moves, entry, exit, what moves, um, and how it might be transmitted through what mode, but what what would be like a, um, I think you called it a host or something, what would be some examples of that? Right, so these pathogens have to have a susceptible host. Typically, uh, those people that are most susceptible are newborn babies, especially if they were born prematurely, and the very elderly. The newborns, their immune system hasn't quite developed enough yet, and then an elderly person, their immune system tends to wane the older that they get. However, there are other things that can cause somebody to be immune compromised. And that can be if they have cancer, if they're a diabetic, if they're on uh, immune suppressive drugs for what's called an autoimmune disease. Uh, if you are on uh, steroids for any length of time, this can also suppress your immune system. What's important to know is that typically all six of these links can be broken and all of them have to be in place generally for an infection to occur. Got it. So, so what are some things that we have to kind of think about um, in not getting an infection? So, you know, there's this TRIS method of uh, thinking. And instead of, as you're trying to problem solve, instead of saying, how do I not get sick? You might then say, how do I get sick? 
And so to me, it's sort of like reverse engineering. And so when you say, okay, so I want to get a cold, what do I need to do to get a cold? Um, someone could uh, find, you can find somebody who has a cold, you can touch their tissues, make sure you're in front of their face when they're coughing and sneezing, uh, don't wash their hands, you can kiss them a lot, and um, you can take your contaminated fingers and put them in your T-zone that we just spoke about. Also, you cannot take care of yourself. And what I mean by that is you cannot get proper rest. You can, I mentioned not washing your hands. You cannot eat properly too. So those are ways that uh, you can actually protect yourself. But so that's sort of what TRIZ is about. So, Carol, if you were um, to summarize kind of everything and, and kind of sum up the podcast in a few words, what, what would you tell us? Well, germs are all around us. And the best way you can protect yourself is performing hand hygiene, whether it's using soap and water, especially after using the restroom before you eat and after you eat. Uh, you can also use hand sanitizer. So, after you go to the grocery store um, and handle those carts, you want to make sure you perform hand hygiene. Try to maintain a good immune system, and that means having uh, some balance in your life. Uh, as I said, make sure that you are getting proper rest. Uh, try to decrease stress in your life. Um, and be mindful of the surroundings that are around you, but still enjoy your life. You know, we were talking about not going swimming, but hey, if you enjoy swimming in, in a freshwater lake, go for it. Just be mindful that there are things in the water that could potentially cause infection. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carol, for your insight and your knowledge sharing today. Um, we really enjoyed listening to you on this podcast for modes of transmission. And I, I really think it's important for everyone to take away. So thanks again for your time. Thanks so much, Lorinda. Have an awesome day. You too.